What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Above Park Golf Show. Today, I'm here with Joshua McKeown. He is an amateur golfer, but also an aspiring professional golfer and coach. Welcome to the show, Joshua. How are you doing? Well, how are you? Thanks for having me. I'm grand. I'm good. Um, thanks yeah, for having good to me have you, mate. Excited to do this. So, um, first of all, just tell everybody a little bit about yourself in terms of your background with golf and sports and all that kind of thing, starting from the very start. From younger days as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, far back as you want to go, pal. Um, I always play. I always did play a bit of golf. Um, I would have played it with my father when I was younger, so I would say I had the basics. But I was very much um soccer and GAA orientated, which is the the national sport over here in Ireland. Sure. And um, that dominated. That pretty much dominated everything I done right up to three years ago, pretty much. So, um, I had an unfortunate knee injury. And when I was 19, that was the start of the knee injuries. And then I come back from that and then I had a second one and then I was told I wouldn't play again. And then I come back for another three years after that. And then that done me, the pain was too much. And I decided it was time to pack it in. And then that's when golf took over full time, you know, so that's pretty much my background in sport. So, so pretty what, much, what, what was the And um, I tore the anterior cruciate ligament in the, in the left knee and then medial and lateral meniscus it was it was a weird one because i got misdiagnosed when i was uh the first time around when i was 19 i got misdiagnosed so i came back and tried to play and i oh. smashed it up some more so the cart like the the cartilage just got really badly damaged so it was complicated and then and and then when i done it again a few years later it was all the cartilages again there was medial lateral crondale flat pairs there was everything going on in it so um the surgeon told me I was only I was only 23 at the time and the surgeon says to me like you'll not play again and I was sort of nearly tearing up and the, you know when you're 23 that's all you have you don't you don't dare think about anything else now is like you can't tell me at 23 I'm not going to play again you know and he he done his best and he had a good he'd done a good surgery on me and I get back playing but I only lasted three years when I got back and then the pain just started to, to take over so it was obviously the same injury the second time as well. Same injury, the same injury the second time round. Um, but it was it was just it was a strange one because my knee felt better after the second operation than it did the first. And uh, I remember coming back and the physio I have is actually played in our team and he asked me about five or six matches into the season. He was like, no problems with that knee, and I was like, no, this is, this knee feels brand new. And then. Me and Nicole um, went down to down south for her birthday, and we had a we had a league final. It was pretty much a league decider on the Sunday, so we decided we would be down south and we would check out and come up and I play the match on the way home. And I don't know whether it was the four hours driving up to it or what it was, but I, I played the match. Nothing happened in the match, but from that day onwards, the knee just swole every time I ran on it, like it just blew up. I couldn't I couldn't move and I don't know what happened it was just I can always remember that one game and from that day on I was so about six for about six months after the second operation the knee was like brand new and then just out of nowhere it just the lack of cartilage in the knees just bone on bone when I was running and stuff so it just horrible yeah I, I mean I, I had something nowhere near as bad as that but when I was playing football I was kind of similar I never had any injuries you know just the standard injuries you get from playing a good old game of football but I never had any real injuries to complain about and I had the similar thing where I was playing a game and then after 20 minutes I just heard this kind of almost stretching noise in one of my knees yeah. and I thought it was the worst thing I thought it was ligaments or something like that 
And they told me it was nothing. I iced it a couple of weeks, went back to play, and then the exact same thing happened again. And I had no idea what it was. But then I had a similar situation whereby ever since then, my knee, is, my knee just felt weak. And I, don't, I have no idea what it was, but I was never ever, ever to be able to play at uh, that level again. I mean, I was only playing amateur football, but I was never as good no, as I used to be. It's, it's horrible because you never quite have trust in it again. Exactly. You, know, you never really know. And I mean, the, the first one was weird for me because it happened and it, I didn't really hear a crack. People say they hear a crack. I didn't hear a crack. I felt, I felt my my knee pop out of place. Oof. And I thought it was going to be like, the way it happened, I thought it was going to like look down at my leg and it was going to be like snapped in half. You know, like you them bad football injuries, you see yeah. like Gabriel Cissé or something where the legs just all, I thought it was going to be like that. And I looked down and the, and the leg was all right. So I got up and tried to play on. And then I fell another five minutes later. But as I said, the doctors in the hospital just said it was a dislocation. And they put me in a cast and everybody ran with that. And I and I tried to come back a few months later and it wasn't a dislocation. My cruciate ligament was gone, so my knee was slipping in and out of place. So I ended up destroying the cartilages, which was the worst part about it, you know. So I probably had a better chance um, with in terms of the cartilages if I had a, got a diagnosed straight away properly. But it is what it is. Thanks, yeah. Colin, in the back room here, left right centre. <laughs> Don't worry, pal. Um, so you said you said you were into golf then as well as the football, or did golf like the real interest in golf? Did that more come after the football had finished? No, no, I I always had spells in golf where I I loved it and I always wanted to play it, but I was just much better at football. Um, when I was younger, I had trials for teams and stuff, and I just and I was sort of in and out of county teams and stuff for the GAA, and I just it just took over. It was always going to be priority. So in the summer. I would have started, I would have got a membership um, and I would have been golfing with my dad and his mates pretty much all the time that I could. But it was never going to, it just never took, football always took over and I never quite had the time to do it. So I came into golf at like an, an okay level when I when I sort of took it on full time. So I would have said I would have been about 18, 19 handicap, but um, it was only when eventually I retired from football that, you know, golf took off to a thing where I just do it all the time, you know. Before it was just a hobby, really. But I said love. I always loved playing it, but it just never. It was never going. Never at the time. And that's just the way I was with it. Yeah, well, I think golf. It takes a lot of time, doesn't it, compared to some other sports? I mean, it's a very expensive and time-consuming sport compared to others. I mean, it's so technical and so hard. I mean, nobody can perfect it, but it's so hard to to get a good technique, get a good swing, and then keep that. So yeah, it takes yeah. a lot of time. And so, did you start golf? like full on straight after the football or did you have like no, a so, No, so um, that's when I sort of had bits some problems with uh, mental health after the, the football stop. So I, I suffered sort of from that post-playing sort of depression thing that you get that they talk about. And I, I didn't really think it was real until it happened. But then, you know, I had just spent 26 years, 27 years of my life. Well, not exactly, because you were obviously away in, but from five onwards, I spent my whole life playing football and that. And then the next minute, I have nothing to be at, nowhere to go. The jet, like I, I couldn't, couldn't be arsed going to the gym because I wasn't training for football or anything. It was just worthless. So I sort of sat around for about three or four months and I didn't really do anything. And I just had no real motivation. And then... A mate asked me, did I want to go out golfing one Friday? And I was like, oh, I'll go out golfing. It was funny because it was the weekend Tiger won the Masters. Okay. So I, I went out golfing on the Friday and then I just loved it that day. And I and then it just sort of struck me. I was like, 
I've actually time to play this now because I'm not playing football. So I went home and I was watching the Masters, and then obviously Tiger went on and won it, and that was it from Monday onwards. I was straight down buying golf clothes. That was it. I was going to do golf sort of full time, and I didn't expect that. I didn't expect to become as obsessed with it as I did, but like that, that's where it sort of started. Yeah, you got the golf bug. <laughs> I haven't looked back now. Like I haven't looked back since then. So good it's man. been good. It's been a good ride. Yeah, I mean, you, you touched on the, the kind of mental health side there then, and you're quite open about this, of course. So just give us a little bit of background and more detail about that. Kind of what sort of, I don't know, like thoughts were you having? What, what was really getting you down after football? Was it more that, you know, that you just loved the game so much and you wanted to keep playing? Or was it more like you feel maybe you could have been a professional and that was kind of getting you down? What, what was it exactly that was was struggling that you were struggling with? It, it, ended up, it just ended up a bit of everything. It just seeped into everything I'd done um, just became lazy. That was just it. Your mind just goes lazy on you and I was just not motivated. And that that wasn't, it was strange for me because I was only ever used to every day coming home from work, going to the gym or going to training, you know, football. It's playing two sports, sometimes three sports. And that's all I ever knew. And then I had all this time with myself and then I just became lazy and sort of got stuck in there a rut. And Eventually, I sort of had to just sort of speak about it. I was just like, right, this is a this is a problem here. I need to get up and do something. So, um, I'm not at the start. It was sort of a pride thing where I was like, I'm not going to say anything about it. And then next, it's just because you know I was popular growing up and stuff, and I kind of thought, ah, oh, like you know that'll show a bit of weakness or something. And then I sort of spoke to Nicole about it, and we just decided I would just be honest about it. And I come out and just said, look, I'm struggling with this. I've nothing to be at with myself, pretty much. And that's when I had to find something to fill the void. I would say, yes, it, it sport triggered it, but it was probably something underlying. Obviously, you know, there's obviously something was underlying there for a few years leading up to it, but probably with the knee injuries and sort of always knowing that maybe it was going to come to an end early. Um, so, yeah, it just seeped into everything. I didn't really want to go to work. I didn't really, you know, it just, just wasn't really a nice cycle to be in. Um, so sure. when golf came, that, that took over it. And I mean, like, even there, if you're on my Instagram page, people sort of they sort of laugh and give me a wee slag when they see me in the golf course at like eleven o'clock at night. That's probably you'll see me in the golf course at eleven o'clock at night on days where I'm not really in good form. So that's my release from it. So I'll go and I'll just be at the golf course till like eleven o'clock, probably because I'm just in just bad form that day. So that's my release from it. I just go and play golf. And yeah. um, some people think it's mad, and they're like, "How does your woman?" How does your woman uh, deal with you doing that? And all? she just does. She knows that's where I go when I'm not in good form, and that's just it. So it's a good release for me. So that's why I'm obsessed with it. That's why I put as much time into it as I do. And more often than not, it's for my mind rather than ability in the sport. Sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. I mean, we spoke about this obviously off air a little bit, and you know, I'll just say it again. I mean, good for you coming out about it. I think it's something that's, especially these days, becoming more and more important about. You know, people in the professional game more than anything coming out and, and just speaking their mind on this kind of stuff. But I think for somebody like myself, maybe that's not experienced it, the question I've got, and you kind of answered it there, but what was the kind of moment when you know that you have an issue? Like, is it difficult to go, oh, you know, you know I've, I've got an issue with this? Or is it something that just kind of creeps in over time? Like, how did you know that you had Well, it didn't issue? actually, it wasn't something... Um... I openly admit it to at the start, you know, after I finished playing football. I mean, I was a year into golf there before I decided to right. talk about it. So it seeped on for quite a while. Um, you know, and then you got your trolls and stuff when you took up, you know, the Instagram and stuff. And it just sort of, 
excelled a bit for me because, and it was causing Nicole a bit of anxiety as well because like I was just doing something I loved. She couldn't quite understand at times while people were trying to troll me and getting on the guy there. So it just kind of spiraled a wee bit. And then I thought, right, I have to do something. You know, it was just, it just seeped in. And I was too busy. I was like sort of sick of just hiding it. You know, everybody was looking at me to do stuff with them and all. And I was just sick of hiding and making excuses. So I just came out and that was it. Um, I just said I'm struggling with it. Not everybody knows that, you know, like this, this podcast will probably be an eye opener to a lot of people. I don't really tell many people about it, but um, it's just something that come out and just said, I need to go and go to doctors or something and go and just, you know, see what the crack is. But there's many other things that's led up to it other than just sport, you know, but, you know, there's obviously things in my childhood or whatever that, you know, I'm sure if I went to deep enough counselling, you would probably find out, but um no I was about it was about a year ago a year into golf I decided like it, golf was hiding it for me it was masking it and that was the that was the good thing about it but it wasn't the it wasn't the solution really long term so no it is what it is yeah we're getting there no that's good like I said good for you mate I mean what sort of advice would you give to another person maybe that, that kind of feels in that same situation like you did where maybe not necessarily that they're like a local star in their in their local area but maybe just doesn't want to come out of it because of what other people think or, or yeah. what their friends are going to think. That That's the thing. Like, I mean, for a lot of people on here that will be watching this won't, won't really know me anyway. But I mean, like from, from where I am, I always considered myself very loud, you know, boisterous, funny. You know, I'm not, there was that type of guy. I obviously had plenty of ability and was one of the better players in the team and stuff. And that was just sort of, it was it was like an act. You nearly carried it. I mean, Roy King coming out and saying like he nearly, this hard man skinhead thing was like, it was like an act. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was just like, no, I can't, I can't say I'm struggling with mental, you know, problems. I'm meant to be this big cool dude or whatever. And in reality, it's a bit sad when you, you know, so it's just like you get old. I got, I get older. I've got fiance now, I've kids and stuff in the way. And it's just like, Right, let's be let's be real here. There's no point acting a hard man or a big lad anymore. Like if you're struggling with this, let's you know, let's do something about it. Because I was just getting lazy. And that was just the truth. I was just and I was only going to keep going until I wasn't going to get out of bed, you know, that kind of way. So I never thankfully went to like anywhere like really, really dark with it, to be honest. That was that was the best part about it. But I just wasn't I had no motivation to really do anything, and that's just the truth. So um yeah. Because you say that, well, I mean, obviously, besides from your family, you said as well that working hard at golf was something that helped you kind of get over that. I mean, I've seen your your videos and stuff on Instagram. I mean, for anybody that wants to to check you out, it's uh, JMCK underscore underscore golf, where you can check out yeah. Joshua. And I've seen like your highlights and your stories while I've, since I've been following you, and you seem to be constantly at the driving range or in your backyard or working out during the night as well, as well as during the day. And so that's kind of a bit yeah. of a, a relief for you as well. It is, it's helped, as I said, like, this is the thing when I started the page, and, you know, some people's like, don't even bring it, don't bring it up, that you get trolled and stuff by that, I got trolled for it, and uh, trolled for starting the page, and it was just like, this is something that helps me, you know what I mean, like, people people still see me as that boisterous, cocky, you know, egotistic person, that's what they think, and then when I start a page or whatever, they, they seem to think it's something I'm doing to fill my ego, but it wasn't, that was just, but this was obviously something I was hiding under, under wraps people didn't really know so it was hard it was a hard one to take because it was I just started the page because I just felt like 
you have all your big golf shows and all that there, like your Rick Shields and that, but there's not really any, like, there wasn't really any amateur golfers out there that went from, like, a higher handicap down to something relatable to people, and that's what I kind of wanted to do. And then because I'm always at the golf course, I was going to be able to put up content, and I was like, I just want to meet new people and stuff. So in the game, and that was it. And I, and I started it. I got trolled for it locally and online, and that kind of just, it didn't set, it was, it was, it was a hard one because it was just like, why I'm I'm just doing what I want to do like it's something that makes me happy but obviously people are the way they are like whatever but um, yeah I mean we could go into a whole other conversation about people like that on on social media in general but I think a lot of it's just jealousy isn't it I mean they see you doing well you clearly built up this brand it is, is but it didn't take me it didn't take me long to get over that wee cycle of I don't I just completely ignore it now that that is the truth it only sort of played in my mind for about a month or two and then after that there I was just like if you don't sort of nip that out now you're going to get it the whole way through doing this page so whatever and my way of dealing with it was anytime I get trolled or or heard something about me I just upload another video you know as if to say it's not annoying me type thing but mm. in terms of the mental health thing just there's probably other people out there he's like me that carry this sort of persona that you're funny and always upbeat and all that sort of stuff you, you just have to you have to put that aside. If you are struggling with it, you're struggling with it. But we hear these, we hear these things all the time. You know, it's okay to not be okay and them types of things. But um, it's not that easy when you're in that position and you're somebody who sort of feels they're holding on to a character. It's not quite, you know, them, if you know what I mean. And they're scared to come out and just say, look, I'm not, I'm not what you think I am, you know, type thing. So but sport, yeah. sport was the trigger. Definitely sport was the trigger in the end. The the losing football, um, you go from all the highs of football and you're winning leagues or whatever you're doing and matches and stuff and then all of a sudden you've nothing you've no adrenaline running because that's where you got it all from you know your adrenaline was high in the pitch and stuff like that there and then you don't have that anymore and you're just bored and you're scunnered and then it seeps in and you just don't really know to what to be at with yourself so that's the way it is but yeah it's I mean I think I think lucky. it's just what you were saying there about people continuing to like show their personality it's just a way of masking it isn't it unfortunately for yeah. the majority of people it is. um have you ever tried to or have you got anything in mind in terms of maybe trying to uh, use your platform now to to help other people and reach out to other people whether it's through golf or not through golf is there anything else that you do like that or that so you've got in mind to do yeah well it's more I do that more privately and um, it's not something I put out publicly publicly on my page but I have I'm not going to give any names of certain people or tell their sure. stories. I've had a few people who's um who's had it worse than me, you know, like real, you know, lost family members and you know car crashes and stuff, and you know, and it's just like they're struggling with it and they're properly struggling with it. And I talk to them daily, and I make sure if they send me a message, I get back to them like as quick as I can because I just I sort of see what they're obviously like. I mean, there's some people that are are a lot more down than I was, and it's just like. I try to help them and I just sort of say, look, I'm I'm the same. I was the same. I have this too, you know, type thing. So a lot of people just don't see that in me. But I do talk to a lot of people privately. There's a lot of followers I have that I'm having the same sort of conversations with in the background that, that are struggling with the same sort of thing. Some are some are having worse situations than mine, but it's it's just nice to it's nice to hear it. It sounds bad, but it's nice to hear it from other people that they're willing to open up and talk to me. Someone I've never actually, you know, I've never met them. They've never met me, and they're opening up and talking about this stuff. So I feel like it's it's good. It makes the page worth it more than you know all the trolling and all that stuff. It sort of makes the page worth it. You've met these type of people, you know. Yeah, but yeah, sure. it's private. It's more private. I don't know. 
I, don't, I haven't done anything publicly. I, I might do, you know, an event or something for it, you know, like a charity event for something um, down the line. But as it stands, I just, if anybody, the people who watch this, if they want to drop me a message, they will. And um, I do have conversations with people about it daily. So um, if I yeah, can I help, it, I will. It, it's something that's quite difficult because I think, as you mentioned in like the professional game, there's, there's so many different um, groups and, and messages that go out there now for people that feel this way. But the problem is, as soon as it all goes public or whether it's social media, the problem is that these people don't want to speak out because they're worried about what other people are thinking. So when it all goes on social media, that's when they don't want to say anything. Whereas if it's just like what you said, it's you you know, telling your story and speaking to them privately yeah. or whether it's a friend in the pub putting their arm around them and, and just having a conversation, that's yeah. probably when they're more prone to open up. So I don't, I mean, I don't know what the solutions are, but I mean, I think uh, if you ever start an event or, or whatever it is that, to help out. Yeah, definitely is something, definitely is something I'll go down the route of. Like, I mean, I had one guy who did, he came to me and said, like, he literally says he waits every day for me to post something and it actually, like, inspires him to go and do a bit of golf and he's struggling with it. And he's like, sometimes I, I come home and I'm, I'm not going to do anything. And then he sees me starting to post my range session and stuff. And he's like, I better go up and do something, you know. And he, he's openly said that, like, my stuff inspires him. And, like, that's conversations I'm having in the background with people, like, a lot of people. And it's it's unbelievable some of the, the conversations you have with people. It just runs deeper than just a page. And I do. So, like, like I said, whenever this comes out and we promote it and stuff, um, if people want to drop me a message, I'm out, like, I reply to pretty much everybody, which is probably a fault I have because the page is quite big now. And sometimes I'm on my phone for a good two hours trying to reply to everybody and then you're getting replies from the messages you've already sent. And it's just, but I try my best to get back to everybody, especially when it's on a subject like, you know, like mental health. So, you know, yeah. it's been good. It's been good that I've been able to sort of help some people and just, even if they're just, I don't know everybody's situation. You know, some people might not have family behind them. I've I've got a fiance and a child in the way, and also it's it's a lot different for me. I have people there. Some of these people that's having these conversations, we might not have anybody behind them, and that conversation they're having with me might be the best part of their day. I don't know, you know. So I try my best to get I try my best to get back to them if I can. So yeah, well, good for you. I mean, it must be very rewarding to get those nice messages back from people as well. So Thank so you. good on you. Um, to go back to the your golf then a little bit. So you said when you started like really getting into it, you were around an eighteen handicap. Did you say? Yeah, um, okay. I didn't what, officially what you, get you. What, what have you worked up Say to now? You were down to now? I'm, I'm down to 1.4, so one. Oh. Um, wow. I, 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 I thought I was an 18 handicap. My scores were 18 to 20 over on any, any round I was playing, but I don't know why the club I joined or whatever way it worked, but they gave me 13 for my first handicap back. Um, they seem to do that with everybody. They undercut you four or five shots. I don't know what the reason was for it. I think there's something in the system where if you have like an eight, it becomes a six. You know, I don't know. I don't know what way it works, but I I have myself down about 18 to 20 over every round. So I, I would have said it was about an 18 handicap. And then obviously I just became obsessed with sport and I just was there all the time. And I played a full summer and I was loving it. And I decided to change job to work in the evenings so that, I could golf during the day in the winter while there was daylight. So it was like coming home um, at half two in the morning, getting up at nine 
and going to the golf course till four and then going to work. And this was going on every day. And I could do it because like the woman was working during the day. So there was nights, there was nights I stopped on the way home from, from work and snuck onto their hedge and had balls at like three in the morning with a torch, with a torch leaning off my, my bag just so I could see where the ball was. It was really, really like, it was nearly unhealthy, the obsession I took with it. So, I mean, some people wonder why you get down that quick. Well, that, that's pretty much why I literally lived there. And that's the truth. Yeah, well, I mean, um, you're basically rewarded for more the hard work, aren't you? Um, so what, what sort of courses do you play that are local to you? I mean, we all know, obviously, the Open uh, 2019 was, was played at the, the biggest course there. But what, what other courses are, are nearby you and in Northern Ireland that you, that you recommend people to play if they're visiting? Well, obviously, the, the, the be- one that for me is better than Portrush is Royal County Down for a start. Okay. Um, there's no, there's no, it's just unbelievable for the scenery around it. It's lengths, it's as good as Portrush, but the scenery around it's just, it's just so isolated out near the, near the mountains type thing. And it's just, a, it's a really beautiful course. Oh, there's so many over this direction. I was playing out of Gulgorm, which held the Irish Open last year. Um, it's a beautiful course. It's Parkland. Um, but then there's loads of links courses. There's Castle Rocks and Port Stewart's courses that nobody's heard of because of they're in around the Port Rush type area and everybody just thinks Port Rush. There's courses that are, my eyes are just as good, if not better, you know, than, and, you know, for half the price. But that's the... Yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful part of the world, isn't it? You know, Northern Ireland. And, and like you said, there's, there's loads of courses probably around there that, that pretty much are on the same par. Um, so yeah, that's, that's interesting. I mean, it's one place I've not visited yet, so it's probably something I'll do is, is make a bucket list of some courses there to play. It looks beautiful. Yeah, jump over and we'll get we'll get around but somewhere anyway, and I'll I'll come along and sure you can give sure. me a hammer and whatever. <laughs> and in terms of your, your your golf game, then what sort of player are you? Like, what what are you good at? What are you bad at? What sort of shots do you like? What shot, sort of shots don't you like? Um. I always drove the ball well. Um, I've never had an issue with the driver. I had a slice when I came back. That was my only issue, but I worked with it. I had a slice when I came back to golf properly after football, but I fixed that pretty quickly. And I've always drove the ball. I don't miss many fairways. And if I do, it's not by much. I don't smack many balls out of bounds off the tee. Um, I putt very well. I'm an, I would say I'm, I'm an average to decent ball striker. Like, you know, for my handicap, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm a brilliant ball striker. And my short game needs work, but I have been doing that. It's definitely statistically got better this year, but it was shocking for most of the, you know, since I've been back, my short game's been terrible, and that's just the truth. But it's pretty, it's pretty decent now. But then I'd probably say driver. Um, I've okay. never had an issue. I've never had an issue with driver now. I'm chasing a wee bit of speed and distance this year, and I've sort of statistically dropped a bit, but it's not. It's nothing major. Um. I've sort of reverted to hitting a draw now. I used to just hit a wee sort of peel and fade, and it was it was just perfect every time. Now when I hit a draw, I have a, a tendency to just throw one way left out of bounds, you know, and that's just that's just from trying to hit a draw. But mm-hmm. um, no, probably driving. I would say driving's probably my my best attribute. Yeah. Yeah, I saw on on some of your Instagram uh, stories the other day. You were driving the ball, and before it's even left the tee, you're already walking to pick up the tee. You got this. Everybody real, got this. Real I get swag. <laughs> so much slagging for that you've no idea like I, there are hundreds of people always slag me for that and they're like why do you not watch where it goes and then you have to sign like an Oregon and you have to sign Oregon and I'm just like because it's down the middle I know where it's going you know you I know where it's going and 
But I don't, I mean, like, if you see the shot ahead under the trees, I watch where it goes. Like, I don't just pick the tee up all the time, you know, with so many people. It seems to bug people. I don't know why. No, I think it's yeah. good. Man. It's got, like, a real swag about it, like, straight for that. Team. <laughs> it's you know. just, if you want to do that, you would, you grow up watching TV and you see Michael Roy and Woods and that, and they hammer one and they twirl the club and they pick the tee up and away they go. And it's just, I don't know, it's just crept in. Whenever I hit a good drive, I dip for the tee straight away and it's just habit. So those, I'll, try and hold, I'll try and hold the finish a wee bit longer sometimes oh, now for No, no, don't do it for me. I, I love the swag, mate. Keep doing it. Um, are those two players then probably your kind of favourite idols, if you like? I know you've got a picture there of Tiger in the background and, and obviously Rory being from, from the Northern Ireland. Are they your two kind of idols in terms of golfers or I, your favourites? Tiger is, yeah. Rory wasn't. I, I didn't like Rory um, okay. up until... The Open in 2019 when he actually showed a bit of emotion when he realised that, you know, he'd come over to play in his, his home country over here and he, he didn't make the cut and he didn't. And then it, it sort of hit him how much he meant the people over here and stuff. And that's when he sort of, he showed a bit of emotion on TV. And before that, I just get that, you know, he was over in America and he just, I had this this wild feeling of arrogance off him. He wasn't performing the way he probably could have. It just, he just seemed like a bit arrogant and I didn't really like him until he, he showed that bit of, I uh, actually hurt him. You could see the the open here in Portlaoise hurt him. And now I'm a massive fan of him. And he's, he's frustrates the life of me because he should just be the best player in the world, hands down, like with everything he does. But um, Tiger, yeah, Tiger's, Tiger obviously the Masters. So, I mean, like, that was the weekend I got properly back into golf. So you could probably put it down to playing golf, having time to play it. And then also Tiger went in the Masters two days later, just was like such a story. And then that's what got me into golf. So I, I, I like a lot of other players. Brooks Koepka, John Ram, big fan of John Ram, always have been. Um, that's about it, really. I wouldn't really be too fussed than everybody else and just watch it. Yeah, with, with Rory, it's a, it's a strange one, isn't it? I mean, obviously every, different, every player is different. Um, but with Rory, I mean, when he's kind of playing to the crowd and getting up for it, that's when he seems to play his best golf. Yeah. But he's not playing up to the crowd and kind of showing a lot of emotion. It's normally because he's he's not playing bad. He seems like he gets really t- turned on in terms of in terms yeah. of you know, the crowd noise and all the emotion. That's what seems to get him going. But yeah, I think like it's interesting what you said there because a lot of the when I was watching the the U.S. Open the other day, they were talking about Rory and whether he is a little bit too, like, Americanized now, the time he's been spending out there, he kind of forgets where he comes from, and he may be just a little bit, like you said, maybe arrogant at times. That's the feeling um, we get over here, you know, even probably in England and everywhere, like, this side, you know, in the UK, that's the feeling we get from him, or have had of him until he came over here and showed a bit of emotion when he realised that he has home support here, that, you know, and that meant a lot, that, that he means a lot to them, you know, and he should be, an example for a lot of young ones coming through. And like he has been since, you know, you can clearly see his games frustrating him and he's showing a bit more love in the sport. Before it just was like, ah, I've got a pile of I've got a pile of money, whatever. You know, that's the way it yeah. felt. Like you said he was Amer- he was Americanized. You nearly that's how we that's how I felt on him. I don't know about anybody else. But it's nice to see him, you know, I, I like watching him. I, you can't not his swing's just beautiful. Yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? When you, when you try to do it at the driving range and you just got no idea how he gets that. High up, tried it once. I don't even bother wasting my time anymore trying to swing it like anybody else or trying to have this amazing swing. It's not gonna happen. You've got what you've got, you can tweak things, and that's it. But you've got what you've got that's natural athleticism and stuff he has in playing since a kid. It's unbelievable. 
Yeah, I mean, but it, it hurts him. It hurts him too. Like a short game, like this is why he struggled for so long with his wedge play because he nearly has too much athleticism and speed that he couldn't, like for a while there, he couldn't hit a knockdown wedge. You know, from 100 yards and in, that's where he had all this criticism for, you know, two or three years there. He just has that much speed and athleticism. It's hard for him to hit a soft shot. And that's why his wage play was was probably coming up short. But he's working on all them things. His putting was horrendous too. Um, well, I thought every time I seemed to watch him a couple of years ago, he always seemed to be never holding putts and missing wee silly four-footers and stuff. But no, I, yeah. I think he'd come good again. He has to. He's too good not to. Um, way too good not to. Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously, one of the most talented golfers out there, like you said. And, you know, you just answered my next question. I was going to say, what sort of things do you think he, he needs to maybe work on? What's he doing wrong? I think it's been a little bit of a mixture, hasn't it? His driving's not always been as accurate as it used to be. And like you said, when his putter's going cold, it's just really cold. And But I think the main thing we're always talking about is that wedge play. He was we went from one of, being one of the best to, to that kind of approach shot to, to then just yeah. not being able to get his range. And it was a weird one. He obviously changed coach, didn't he, recently? And... He seems to be getting back on track, and then some tournaments he, he he just plays badly, and I don't know what to expect from him at the moment. No, you don't. And I mean, look there, he was in contention going into the final day there um, last week. That just comes out of the blue, and then he didn't quite he didn't quite come together in the Sunday. But that was probably just his game's not where it where it needs to be. It's only like you know, it's only last year. It was the year before he won Player of the Year? Um, it must have been two thousand nineteen, was it? He won the so. FedEx. Well, you know, it's not that long ago he was winning the player of the year, you know, so um, I don't think it's as bad as people think, but he's definitely, I always think when he's struggling with the putter, it's like really bad, you know, like even like it's like amateur bad. You're mm-hmm. watching him and he's missing, he's missing four and five furs. He's not even touching, he's not even lapping them out or anything. And you're like, what is going on? You know, like you would nearly think an amateur could go and putt better than him sometimes. And so when it's cold, it goes like really cold. Whereas yeah. like probably most of them, most of them other pros or DJs or whatever, when their partner's not really there, it's still okay. Like when Michael Royce isn't there, he's he's missing everything like really badly, and in yeah. the wedge play, but he's 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 tight he's tidy around the greens. It's, his wedge play around the greens has always been pretty solid. It's just that seventy to one hundred and twenty yards was was a problem for him, and I mean it statistically showed, wasn't it, for a couple of years there, yeah. his approach to the greens or something wasn't great. And from 100 yards and in. Yeah, I think as well, um, in terms of how he kind of just dropped off that last final round, I think a lot of that credit has to go to Tory Pines as well. It seemed like a lot of the players that last final round, I mean, DeChambeau, I mean, he was leading after nine holes, was it, on Sunday, and then finished tied 25th or something. I mean, he just completely dropped off. So I think it's a bit of credit to that, but as well, it's just, yeah. as you said there with Rory, he's, just, he's a little bit up and down. I mean, I think it's one of those times all the golfer seems to have him, you know, for example, I mean, he had, uh, when did, I don't know when he um, had his child, it was a, a couple of years ago now, but they always seem to have that bit yeah. in their life where they just take their eye off the ball for a couple of years. Obviously, Spieth's had it recently and it is coming back and we're waiting to see if John Ram has it with his new um, child, but it doesn't look like he's having it. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he'll be back. And uh, I think maybe for me, the one that's going to get him back is the Ryder Cup this year. That's going to, Bring the fire. Yeah, he, he comes for it, doesn't he? And um, yeah. he comes for it, yeah. which is nice because again, it's a sort of home passion type thing. I know it's the whole of Europe, but it's, it's nice when he does show that bit of passion for his sort of home, rather than being over in America all the time. And we just sort of see this up and down from years. Like, does he even does he even care that he's there? Kind of thing half the time. Like you said, like he's 
he's still a normal, he's just another person at the end of the day. And he has a, he had a child, you know, things like that there. We all, we all have them things going on. It doesn't just because he's a professional doesn't make him any real difference. So you can understand why some of the guys sort of fall off the face of the earth for a, for a while, but Spieth, I couldn't understand what was going on with there. He didn't just fall off the earth. He was, yeah, he was away for three years, three years or something. He didn't win a competition or something mad like that. That was. What he wasn't close either. That was the weird thing. No, he was missing cut. Like I would love to have seen his, his record. He, he probably missed be, I don't know how many cuts he missed in a row, but it wasn't good. Like. No. Um, amazing. Well, yeah. I love what. It's great seeing him coming back, like just for the crowd. He plays up to the crowd and he's so open. You always hear him in the camera, you know, he's always slagging himself, but it's just like he's a character to watch. Yeah. It's good to see him back and at it. I think he's one of my favorite players just for that reason there. He's so, he's always communicating with the caddy, isn't he? And talking to his own ball, right. talking to himself. And as an amateur golfer that's trying to learn, like, those those little clips of him talking to his caddy is just so good for any golfer. That's yeah, it's watching. just like these guys aren't robots. You know, that's the way you, you sort of look at him and you're like, ah, you know, he's not he's not like a robot the way some of the other ones. You know, like you look at you look at DJ and everybody loves DJ's calmness and maybe that's just his personality, but like he's so calm and you're like, you're playing for a major here and you're just strolling about there. Whereas Spieth, he hits a bad shot and he's shouting at himself. You know, and it's just it's just funny listening to him, and like it's just relatable. Like you said, it's relatable to to amateur golfers and stuff watching it. Yeah, I mean, going back a little bit there to what you said about Rory and that emotion he shows. I mean, I know he's from Ireland or not Northern Ireland, but it was incredible to watch Shane Lowry and his emotion winning the Open in uh, 2019. And I believe yeah. he went to it, right? I saw some photos on your Instagram. Were you there? I was only at, I was only at the practice day on the okay. Wednesday, so the day before the tournament started. Um didn't I didn't get the any of any of it during it. And thankfully in a way, thankfully I didn't go at the weekend because it was just a shock and weller. But uh that was amazing, Larry. That just came from nowhere. Like he couldn't have fitted it any perfect really, even though he's from the south of Ireland, just still it was just for the for the nation as a whole, just him the support just the whole way around. It must have been the atmosphere must have been unbelievable there. Like had they yeah. been He's still considered in my eyes. He's a home. He's a home native, and he's won it in his country. It's still, you know, like it's unbelievable. I was going to say, other than like Northern Ireland and Irish, are they quite kind of supportive like that? With say, I mean, football or, or golfers, are they quite supportive of each other and they kind of take it as a home country? So no, football not so much. If I'm being political on it, um, no, they're sure. completely two different. Two different worlds in terms of football. Now, when they went to the Euros together, you know, I think uh, it was 2016, uh, Republic and mm-hmm. the North, Northern were in the, the Euros. And I mean, I think they got like some award, the Irish and the, the Northern Irish fans got like some award for being the best fans. And I think they were singing at each other and getting on, you know, in crowds and stuff. But in general, no, they, they wouldn't. They wouldn't support each other. And I, I personally like to see both doing well, but... Um, yeah, political, like you um, said. There's a border there, and it sort of feels that there is, there's something there, but whatever. Yeah. If it, was going, if it wasn't there, we would have been we would have been one nation by now, and that's it. You know, so there's something there. But in golf, it's completely different. Rugby, it's completely different. You know, with uh, South and North, we all support Ireland and the rugby, same as, same as golf. You know, we just want to see it, you know. I don't just football's a bit different. Maybe sure. I'm maybe that's just what I'm seeing. I don't know, but that, that just yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I tend to agree. I, I think it is. 
and with the um with the tournament then so we we try to get tickets to go to the actual weekend or did you just only want to go see the practice and watch it on tv i i wasn't even getting at all and a friend bought a ticket and it was a week ticket and he said do you want to go and i was like aye and then i don't know i think he needed my or something so he, he let me take the he let me take the ticket on the wednesday and i went down and Tiger came out that day and he played about four holes and walked off limping. He was hitting the ball sideways. So I just knew he was. I'm surprised he even teed it up, to be honest. Yeah, was, back was, was it that was it that tournament where he, he was like you said, just literally limping around the whole weekend, or was that a different the day I saw him? But then somebody said the day before he was doing the same, but he came out. He wasn't on the the thing was I looked the night before and he wasn't on it. He wasn't on to play, and I was like, ah, oh, the day I'm going to go to the Open, Tiger's not playing. And then he appeared and he played four holes like early in the morning and he just, the ball was going everywhere. And he and he walked off where you could see he was limping. He was sort of trying to hide it, but you could just tell he wasn't right. Um, but then my mate sold the ticket. I was like, oh, I'm going to go. Like, you know, if you if you still have the ticket or whatever, I'll go on the Saturday or the Friday. But he sold the ticket to somebody. Um, and I didn't really, it's too late to get anything then. They go to the weekend, yeah. you know. Loads of friends went, loads of friends who went to the weekend. So, Hardly it was just some experience. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, have you ever tried to play there? What's is it? Is it easy to play there, or is it only? I've only played, situation. I've only played it once, and it's not the easiest like course to go on. Like you have to be within the, to be a member there. You have to be within the postcode. That's how you like. Mm. You know, it's straight. It's so, and it's really dear to play. Like it's like two hundred and fifty, three hundred pound or something to play it. So, um. Like I've only played it once. Back. It is. It's hard. It's hard, but it's as I said. I think there's. I think there's courses that are as good as it out there, personally. But um, I think it's got it's got its nostalgia now, and it's you know it's the it's healthy open and stuff like that. There, so it's going to be big. You know. So. Yeah. Have you have you got any others that are on kind of like your bucket list that you you want to play in the future? Um, over here or just anywhere? Uh, anywhere, anywhere in the world. Talk about this in another live a long time ago. People's uh, people find it weird. I want to play Woburn. Okay. Um, I want to play. The two, I want to play the two Woburn Wo, uh, Woburn courses. Um, I'll play ones. I want to play ones down south. Obviously down here, like the K Club and you know silly things like that there. But nothing. I haven't really thought about. You know, obviously you want to go over to Scotland, Carnoustie, St Andrews. You know, old course. They're all there. Things I want to do, but I haven't really given it too much thought. But we've been in lockdown for the last. You know, years. It's not really in the mind at the minute. Yeah, it'll get over. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of weird year, obviously, for everybody. I mean, have you got on with with kind of twenty twenty? I guess all the the pandemic in general, in terms of playing golf. Um, I was all right. I don't know. Surprisingly, I was all right with it. But I mean, I live out in the country, so mm. it was almost like there was no pandemic out here. That's how you know weird it was. We were still like. You know, we had good weather during the lockdown, you know, the initial one last year. And I was just strolling about with my dogs and I built a, I built a golf net, I built a good golf net and I hit balls, you know, two or three times a day. And it sort of, obviously I had an itch to golf, but I mean, in terms of the wider situation that was going on, you know, I was, I was okay, you know, with not playing golf. Yeah. Um, and I, we were well secluded out here, we're in the mountains, like, so nobody was really, you know, you were safe, safe enough in a way, if you want to say that. So yeah. I was okay with it. The second lockdown got me the worst because it was like, right, this is, you know, well, there was two or three lockdowns, but the one there at Christmas up till now, you know, 
it got me the worst. I was just like, right, this is dragging on a bit now, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I'm not there, it was all right. Well, I mean, it looks like you managed to keep busy. I mean, I, I also saw on your Instagram as well that you keep like a, a training schedule on like a whiteboard, is it? Or something like that? Right. Self-motivated? It's up there at the I, minute. No. I don't know if you can see that. And can you see that I, in your state? I can see it. I can't read it. But yeah, I mean, that's that's cool. I mean, did you like get some advice from a personal trainer or have you already got some sort of background? No, that, was just, that was just something I wanted to do. So once I got really serious in golf, like in the last year, I was like, right, I need to start drawing a schedule and stuff. But I have a trainer. Um, he's under uh, N4 Performance on Instagram. Now, I, already, I have a... I have some qualifications in fitness in the background anyway, but we and him just sort of work together to put a program together. So it's, he, he's good. So he do, he draws it up for me. He draws oh. it out like really nicely with my logo and all and stuff for me. So I, I'm doing the, I'm doing the workouts that he gives me, but I need to sort of put a wee bit, I'm putting on a wee bit of weight, but there we all of these problems. Yeah, we all are during lockdown. <laughs> what sort of, um, what sort of fitness and uh, workouts, et cetera, are you doing then to prepare for golf? It, it's different obviously because we're in season so I'm trying I'm only really doing two sort of heavy weight sessions now whereas it used to be there in the winter or if it was in previous winters I would have been doing three or four nights heavy weight so it's more just mobility now so this time of the year I'll do I'll do two heavy weight sessions well spread apart in the week so you maybe like a Monday and a Thursday and in between it's just sort of conditioning and mobility and stuff like that there i have really bad mobility problems that's why i had like a really short bike swing and i still do but it's got longer than it was but um no, that's pretty much all it is two heavy days now and then a lot of sort of cardio condition type stuff and, and core work yeah i was so gonna say got, i was gonna say you've got that kind of john run style uh Swing, haven't you? Yeah. It's like very short but very powerful coming through. It's a, it's a, it's a strange one because I mean, like last year it was so short, and then during the winter it got like long. It got to like a normal point again, and then I'm back out again during the summer here, and it's kind of shortened again. And then I was taking videos of me in the yard the other night, and it was long again. And I just like I don't. I would love to take my swing from the yard out to the course because it looks like it looks so much better. But I don't know. It's just a natural thing. That's where I feel comfortable taking the club to. If I take it any further, I feel like I'm gonna top the ball or something, you know. So it's just where I take. It's just where my probably where my body allows me to take it to. It. I feel forced any further, and that's just the truth. Do you have any problems with the knees now in terms of golf? Does it restrict you at all still? No, not unless I play too much in one day, which you know everybody says I do, but. I mean, like, I mean, if I have 36 holes, two range sessions, and I'm out all day, I'll cramp a bit, but never to the pain of playing football or anything. You'll just get, you'll just feel it. I don't, I don't struggle with it as much. Or if I go for a run, which I shouldn't be doing, I still do the odd road run on it, and it'll sort of swell a bit and niggle for a day or two. But generally, golf's been good for it, which is strange because it's my left knee. So you turn through it on the golf yeah. shot, it's the one that takes the most heat. And I, I haven't struggled with it yet. Hopefully it's not something that appears down the line, but it's been good, thankfully. That's good then. And in terms of your swing then, what sort of, I mean, not everybody has swing thoughts when they're actually on the course, but what sort of kind of things are you doing during like the backswing or the downswing? What sort of points are you looking for from your swing? Yeah, so a lot of people think I lie when I say I don't have swing thoughts when I'm on the course. That's just, I don't know. I, I'm really like quick, so I probably should I probably should slow down and have a swing thought, but when I'm in, when I'm in the range and I'm practicing my swing thoughts and trying to get my hands more out 
in front of me. I get a wee bit like behind me and on the inside and I get really like flat, you know, so I'll try and get like wider and steeper and get higher hands on the range. But when I'm on the course, I just, whatever it is, it is, you know, I just, I just concentrate on ball and that's it. And I yeah. concentrate on the strength. It could go either way. I think, you know, I'm one of those. As soon as I start thinking on the course or during a shot, it's just when it goes, just goes bad. So I think it's probably, I mean, yeah, I mean, I step back and have kind of a, a practice wing just to get a feel of the movement. And then I try and just step into it now, because as soon as I start thinking, it just goes to pop. Ah, well, that's where Brooks kept to come out and says, like, I'm either going to hit a good shot or a bad shot. Why take time doing it? You know what I mean? But yeah, some people, that. some people milk it, and that's where the slow play argument comes in. Some people really, really milk it. I don't mind people having a pre-shot routine, whatever. Everybody has their own way. I'm lightning fast, but then I play a lot of golf on my own, so I just get into a habit of just going from shot to shot and just. Oh, Spelling stuff everywhere here. <laughs> Going from shot to shot, and like, uh, it's just a habit I have now, and I'm probably too quick. I could do with probably slowing it down a wee bit and getting. But I just, as soon as I have my feet set and I have my shoulders aligned, and I take a look, that's it. I'm pulling the trigger. Yeah. And, you know. Do you spend much time like analyzing the shot? Like, you know, this is where my aim point is. Da da da. Or are you? So like, I obviously. On Instagram, you only really ever see me playing the shots. I'm going to pop a few. I have done a few videos where I've talked through three or four holes when I've played them. So before I hit shot, I will, you know, like I'll line it up from behind. I'll pick something I'm aiming for. And it was good. I, I listened to that book. I don't know if you've ever listened to it in, in the audio book thing. Um, Golf's Not a Game of Perfect. I don't know if you've no, ever heard that. No. Very, very good. But I'm not I'm not great for reading books. So I listened to it in the audio and um it was great. It was like talking about you have to pick the smallest target possible to aim for when you're so you, your mess is bigger, if that makes sense mentally. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I'll pick something on the line I'm I'm going for and and I'll aim for it and then I'll go up, I'll set my feet and I'll set my shoulders and that's it. I'm away. You know, sometimes I'll look at something, maybe and I'll pick something in the distance. And then I'll look at something ahead of me, sort of on the ground, a few feet in front of me, as a sort of something to line up to that. And, sure. I'll, and I'll just go. So sure. I do that with potting as well. Like that's that's how I pot. I, I use that more with potting. Instead of like envisioning a line and then potting to the line, I'll I'll think of my line and then I'll pick something like there might be a wee bit of dark grass, maybe only a foot in front of the ball, and I'll pot over it. And that's all I'll concentrate on. And I seem to be, my potting seems to just, I hope, been holding everything since I've changed to that, rather than trying to, right, uh, three cups outside the right, and I'm going to aim for it up there. And your your eyes just don't line everything up when you're aiming that far where you're, you know, so I just pick something a foot in front of me and I pop from there. And it's it's been working really well. Potting's probably my best attribute at the minute. Yeah, good stuff. All right. And, um, you know, you said to me, off air like that you are aspiring to be like a professional golfer as well as well as a coach so I mean first of all how often are you kind of training and practicing every day for the golf and then are you also like really taking care of yourself in terms of your diet and all that kind of stuff like how how much are you really putting into golf every single day like practicing wise and looking after yourself yeah so I I pretty much am full-time at it now to be honest without the without the official title so I've cut down my working hours and I'm at it pretty much full time. 
Um, I'm there probably eight hours a day now. That's wow. the truth. Barring a couple of days where things are, you know, take a day off or whatever, because it's like if you are treating it like a job, then you still need, you know, like any other job you're in, it's five day week or whatever, or four day week. You still need your day or two off. But th that's where I find it hard because it is my hobby as much as something I want to do as a job. So you get to the weekend or whatever, and it's like I should be taking a day off, but I want to go golf. But no, I'm pretty much at it. Pretty much at it full time. I want to. I want to play professionally to some capacity. Mm -hmm. um, I'm realistic that I've took up golf a bit late in my life, so I'll not probably won't get far enough in it to make a make a living out of it. So I want to. I want to play to have it on the CV. So I'll. I'll play a bit of professional golf, and then I'll go down the coaching route. And again, that's just to have it on my CV that I I did play professionally. So I kind of can have a relation, you know, kind of way, you know, if I have clients or whatever, I can say, look, I did play professionally. I'm not just here spouting stuff out to you type thing. So that's what, that's what I want to do. And I'll probably always enter once I, once I do become an official coach, I'll probably enter professional events here and there through the year, probably going forward for the next few years, but definitely I was due to go, I was due to go um, do a coaching course in July, but the pandemic shut that all down and I haven't got a date or anything for, for it restarting again. I don't even know if they're going to do one this year. So that's set that back in my plans, but no, that's, that's definitely the plans anyway. Yeah. I was going to say like, what's like the short term, long-term goals then? Would you just be entering in tournaments local to you or have you got plans of entering tournaments maybe in the, all of the UK? What's your kind of plans? Yeah. I plan on going, I actually plan to go over in August to play in the Jamaica this, okay. this year. Um, if my game's in the right place, like I'm, like I'm really realistic as well. I do believe in myself, but I'm realistic. And if it's not in the place, they sort of like I, I'm not going to go over there and compete anyway in my first event like that. But I mean, I'm going to, I don't want to go over and shoot ninety, you know. So if I'm ready, I plan to go over to the Jamaica this year. That'll be stuff I'll sort of do going forward. Maybe you know, like next year, if I do get my coaching under my belt, I'll still travel over and play clutch tour or you know like jamaica tour or they'll play local events over here there's not really any local professional events over here um mm. so i'll do that yeah definitely and amongst coaching as well so coaching coaching's just there it's a it's going to be something i just want to some sort of career in the game like that's just the way it's going to be i don't know how far i'll go down with it i would love to obviously like if you're talking long-term plans, I'd love to like have my own academy and all 10 years down the line type thing. But yeah. as of now, it's just play golf, enjoy golf. And that's my goal. And I'll, I'll get my coaching. Definitely want to get the certificate and, and play in a professional event and then just go from there. I'll see where it, see where it takes me to. Yeah, because in terms of the coaching side, it looks like you're doing quite a bit on, on your Instagram there. You're putting like different drills on and obviously talking through your own swings and stuff like that. So what, what's the plan with the coaching? Is it going to probably be on Instagram for now or you maybe going to do like work locally with coaching? Yeah, so it'll be a bit, it'll be a bit of everything. Um, obviously, online coaching is massive now. Mm -hmm. So I will do that. I have I have planned for the last two or three months to start up YouTube. I just haven't got haven't got around to it. Um, I need to, I want to get all the proper equipment set up for it. Like mostly on my Instagram, I'm using I'm using a camera and a phone. You know, like I want to go and get proper audio and all set up for um for YouTube. But I do that. I do sort of drills and stuff on Instagram. But that's not me coaching because I understand you, you do get the comments from people saying you're not a coach. 
you know, and it's like, it's a wee bit annoying. I'm like, I'm not trying to coach. I'm just, I'm putting up what I do. If people, if people like that drill and thinks that it'll help them, if I do, if I do a potting session and there's drills in it that people haven't seen before or whatever, and they decide they want to go off and do it in their own potting, then brilliant. Um, but it's not me specifically trying to coach. Um, but I do help people. People send me over their swing all the time. And I'm like, they're the, you know, they're like, can you take a bit of time to look at this? And I'm like, absolutely. Cause I want to go down the coaching or it's this is experience for me and I'll I'll take it and like I'll screen record it and I'll I'll pause through it and stuff and and just like it fascinates me like your swing will be completely different from my swing and somebody else's swing and it just fascinates me how everybody swings it so differently but gets you know they hit the ball and that's just um I, I want to like I will do a lot more once I become a coach social media will be a big part of it but I will coach locally I'll coach out of a range, obviously, from somewhere local and a lot of online stuff. And I'll be putting up, you know, coaching videos and stuff. It'll all be pretty much what you see from everybody nowadays, to be honest. Sure. Yeah, I mean, well, you've already got a bit of a platform, obviously, with your Instagram. I mean, you've got almost 12,000 followers on there already, which is a great start. I mean, how, how did you get into doing this kind of stuff on social media? How did you build up that, that profile that you've got now? Yeah, it took me it took me a long time to actually start that. That was in my to start that Instagram page. It was on my mind for about sixty-eight months, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to start. I'm going to get me a fun off for this. I'm going to get me a fun off for this. And then I was going through my sort of mental health sort of problems, and I was like, ah, I don't really need people jagging away at me. So, but then a few friends were like, You need to do it. You need to do it. And then I, I started it, and it just took off. I think. Like people ask me this question, you know, how did it, how did you get so many followers or how did it go so quick? And I'm kind of like, well, you tell you tell me, you watch, you know, you watch my stuff. And a lot of people, a lot of people just say it's just the sort of um attitude I put to it and how much work I put into it. They they, they just I suppose that's what people enjoy my page, is just that I'm always there and I'm always putting up videos and you know, it's just constant, constant content. And I think people just like my dedication to it. I don't that's what I assume it's down to. I don't really, but it's just great. I, I can't believe how, can't believe yeah, how I mean, much I, it's growing so quickly. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah, I think it's part of that. I mean, as soon as we connected, you know, I, I got that kind of vibe from you straight away. I mean, as you said, you always do connect with people and, and make sure you respond, but I got that super nice feeling from you where, you know, you just like, you know, I'll help you out with your channel. We'll do an episode. Yeah. So you came across straight away as somebody that's, you know, wanted to help people. And that's obviously what you're doing with these with these drills and all the videos and stuff that you're putting online. So that, that's good. I mean, what sort of advice would you give to somebody then that wants to start a, a brand or, or start a following like this in, in the game? Yeah, of I've, yeah, I've had a few, I've had a few people ask this and they're touching, they're touching with the idea of it and they're sort of on the edge of it. And I'm like, you're just, you're the way I was. You just have to do it. But I, I explained to them, I'm like, you're going to get, you're going to get trolls and people are going to likely bully you for doing it. And you just have to accept that, but you have to do it. Like I don't regret, I don't regret doing it at all, but I'm sort of in a good place now where I'm lucky it did succeed. Like it's not that it's successful, but it's, it's got a good following now. And I, I've met like, like likes yourself. I've loads of all their friends on here now that like will be lifelong friends. And it's just, it's sort of, it's done enough to sort of merit me, me doing it. Um, but for some people, it's just like you have to just bite the bullet and go and just 100 mile an hour. Don't think about it. And if people are giving you crap or whatever, 
you just have to try and just keep going at it. There's but then a friend who I was talking to a friend there recently, he'll probably be watching this when it comes out, and it's nothing to do with golf. He wants to go into music. Mm-hmm. And he's 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 just working a normal job and he's like he's always wanted to do music. And I'm like, and they asked me about it because I done it's the same thing, you know, in terms of like starting up, and I'm like, go and do it. 100 mil an hour, like, and he's sort of worrying, you know, what if people's like, ah, what are you doing, leaving your job to go do music or whatever, and just go do it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, why, why not? Yeah. And expect people they probably have negative crap towards you, but just go and do it. So, for anybody doing pages or anything like that, there, do it, but you have to do it and just, you know, go for it. It's like yourself for the podcast, you just have to keep going. Um, no matter what people say, I'll oh, take that down, you, they're crap or whatever, you know, you're not doing it, you know. You just have to keep going because eventually it'll it'll generate interest from people. Like that's just the way it is. People that love golf will want to watch it, and that's just the way it is. Sure. I mean, there's just a there's jealousy. That's it. Sort of intensified when I started. You know, like when I jumped on board with like Eagle Apparel and you know the brand I work with. When I when I started getting stuff like that, that's when it sort of intensified where people were really trolling you, and then it's kind of obvious that people's doing it because you're getting something out of it. Mm-hmm. which was never really the idea of the page, but like you just have to, I don't know. I'm probably not the best to give advice on it, but um, 100 mile an hour, I sort of started in the middle of it, where when I started getting really badly trolled from it, I sort of did have a starting point where I nearly sort of gave up on it. But you can't, you have to just, you have to keep turning on. But then yeah. it was something worth doing. I love it. Like I nearly love doing the video more than playing now. That's how crazy as like you do it's like, it's like another addiction um yeah. i go out some nights and i'm like i said in the call i'm not gonna video the night i'm not gonna video the night and then the next minute she's sitting at home and she's like i thought you weren't videoing all these stories are going up with me hitting shots and you just pull the camera out all the time <laughs> yeah I, no, think, I, think, I think if people love what they're doing then yeah they should just ignore all those comments anyway i mean or just t- turn it into a positive you know, people are jealous. Like I said, they they, they yeah. want to be doing the same thing. I mean, I, I was the exact same. Like I've said, I've been really open and honest about the fact that this is the first time I'm doing podcasting and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I'm just got that golf bug now. I want to talk to people like yourself about the the game that I love now. And for me, that's enough, and I'm going to enjoy it. And if people have got a problem with it, then whatever. Yeah, that I mean, like that's what. So, so when you when we come into DMs with each other, I was like, I'll jump on straight away. Give me a shout. Whenever, um, whenever you want me to come on, I'll come on and don't, and, you know, and we sort of talk back and forth and you were like, you know, I can give, you know, I didn't want anything from it. And that's sure. why I did, like, I said, steady. I don't care. You know, I don't need, I don't want promotion. I don't need it. Um, I'll get promotion through it because your page will grow. You know, your channel will grow. My episode will always be there. So it doesn't really, I'll get that naturally, but I just want to jump on because you were somebody else who just loves the game. And you're like, I want to do, I want to do a podcast. And then I was like, well, I'm obviously not doing YouTube, but like I was there starting a page and all at a point. And I was like, I'm just jump on, like, give me a shout. Um, you love golf, I love golf. Why not? You know, that's the way I look at it. So if I can help somebody, I will. Like, that's just the way it is. And I said, it's yeah. good. Like, Postmaster, it's it's just, it's such a, like, it's, there's a good market for it there. Like, and there's probably not enough of them in terms of like a our amateur level type thing, you know, there's nothing really relatable to people. So when sure. you came across and was like, can you jump on? Of course, you know, it was not, it was no brainer. Just give me a, give me a time and a date and I'll see if I'm sort of available and whatever. And it's been, it's been good. 
yeah, well, it's been good. And like I said, when we're when we're in the same place, we'll have to get a round of golf going as well. But yeah. listen, I'm gonna wrap it up there because I think that's already been about an hour, so I don't want to take too much of your time. But thank you very much for coming on again. Yeah. Really appreciate your time with this. And uh, I've already said at the start, so they can find you on JMCK underscore golf. And obviously, when you get your YouTube channel uh, started as well, you have to let me know when we can yeah. do another episode on there. Perfect. It's been a All pleasure. Right, well, it's a pleasure talking yes. to you. Nice to meet you.